When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, what is up? Welcome back to another episode of The Hangover. I'm your host, Daniel, alongside with me, as always, Shannon. Shannon, how are you doing after this long weekend or long couple of days there since the Steelers last played? I'm cold. <laughs> we, cold got, we got a little bit of snow, like an inch. You know, just it's pretty. Uh, it really didn't affect the, you know, traveling much, but it, it you know, it's pretty to see on the trees and everything. And, but I'm just not a winter person, and and uh, I'd wear shorts year round if I could. So I, I don't like winter time very much. <laughs> I hear you. I, I, well, out here it's not that bad. It's like in fifties, sixties. So it's probably shorts weather for you. I would uh, be in shorts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it, it's nice out here. So the the winter time is not too bad out here in Texas. Uh, unfortunately, you know, as far as being too bad, the Pittsburgh Steelers drop another one to a bad team. A two and ten team, another one for the second consecutive game, twice in five days. You know, that's a record. That is a record. You yeah. know, first time ever. Uh, that's insane. So, you know, we're going into, um, you know, last week thinking maybe there's a chance that the Steelers could be, you know, half a game out of first place in the AFC North. To now, we're we're barely hanging on. Um, you know, given the performance that we just saw. Uh, do you have any confidence in this team moving forward? No. Uh, we've talked about it a lot this year that the, they just didn't pass the eye test. Statistically, uh, you know, this is a team that ranks near the bottom in everything, and besides record. And they were very opportunistic, and uh, they protected the football. They didn't get a lot of turnovers. And they were able to win games at the end. And but we we questioned all along is that sustainable? So, uh, but 
the last two weeks we've seen the things that I look back since 2019, I've been writing uh, articles and doing podcasts about cracks in the foundation, things that worried us, experienced Steeler fans, things we've seen that were going on and happening that, you know, needed to be addressed and it kept getting swept under the rug. And I think now it's kind of come to a head and the result was a new record. The first team with a winning record to lose to back-to-back opponents at least eight games under 500. And what's even worse is they lost both games at home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that that was embarrassing to say the least. You know, watching that game, I, I was very frustrated. I thought that maybe perhaps, you know, the quarterback play would be uh, the same. I, didn't, I wasn't expecting that much of a step back. Mm-hmm. You know, when it came to Mitch Trubisky, I thought, you know, you'd have somebody who's uh, at least a veteran who's uh, had some starts underneath his belt. And, you know, it just didn't seem like he was confident at all. His throwing mechanics, I've never liked them, but they seem to be on display with his, you know, throwing off his back foot every single time he threw the ball. Every time. And, yeah, and, and I just, you know, I questioned how he saw the field as well. Um, it's just... To me, I don't think he's a starter-capable quarterback, but did you hear Coach Tomlin's comments on, on Mitch Trubisky's play um, at, during his press conference? Yeah, it's a, a more coach speak. I mean, you don't want to throw your player under the bus, and I understand that. But nobody who watched that game could honestly say that he looked like an NFL quarterback. Now, no quarterbacks look like an NFL quarterback for the Steelers this year in all honesty. Uh, and it's more than just one problem. It's more than just that individual. But he, as you said, he was throwing off-platform all the, and off-balance constantly. Uh, and he got away with a couple. He got one picked off. Uh, another one, there was a penalty. But you just didn't have any confidence that he would be able to complete the comeback um, when they got behind like they did. So, um I think that he'll be on a shorter leash this week. Hmm. I mean, I know what Tomlin said, but I think in reality, uh, if he's not generating any offense in the first half, it wouldn't shock me for them to turn to Rudolph and at least give him a shot to see if he could spark something. 100%. Now, for those that hadn't heard what he said, uh, it was something to the effect that uh, he felt that Mitch Trubisky got better as the game went on and that with a full week of preparation that he would be even better. And stay, that's that's emphasizing or, or making note that he was at least you know good at one point during the game. But he would be <laughs> better uh, this upcoming game. You know, the media kept asking him questions like, you know, is Mason Rudolph going to you know get any first-team reps is uh, did you consider Mason Rudolph, you know, to start it during the game? I think that was during his post game. And I, I think there's a lot of pressure coming on, the, you know, for the quarterback position. Uh, do you think that, well, you said it, you said there's going to be a short leash. How, how long of that leash do you think it is? Is it one interception, one quarter, one half? When, when do you think uh, Coach T pulls that plug? I think it's going to come down to kind of rhythm. Is the offense, you know, sustaining drives? Are they, uh, are they moving the football? You know, they've all, they've struggled all year in the red zone, but if they're moving the ball and getting field goal 
uh, attempts and uh, and they feel like that they're starting to find a rhythm, then I think he's fine. But like in that first half against the Patriots, there was no rhythm. It was like even the touchdown pass, the Patriots, you know, because they're so aggressive, but they usually have protection over the top. But on this particular blitz, uh, they let Pickett roll out a little bit, buy a little extra time, and then Johnson beat his guy one-on-one. And after that happened, and Pickett threw, he put, he put a good ball in there for the touchdown. After that happened, Belichick didn't even try that anymore. He made sure that he wasn't going to give Pickens or Johnson that one-on-one outside with no over-the-top protection. So Belichick got burned once. He learned from it. But other than that, Trubisky never established anything, and he never you never felt like he was in rhythm. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I'll, I'll say this. His, his receivers really weren't giving him much help either. No. You know, Deontay Johnson, I thought, played. Um, you know, I know he, he got the touchdown pass, but he was being covered one-on-one in certain situations with the middle linebacker, uh, Jawan. can't remember his last name, but he's he's known as being a, uh, uh, a Vince Williams type of middle linebacker. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> he covered him. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, I, I was just like, wow, this is – this is insane. I mean, he was running with him step for step. I don't know if, um, if maybe perhaps the hamstring is still affecting him. Uh, you know, I know that the routes aren't that great either, you know, watching the, the film back and watching Deontay Johnson. Uh, I, I think that has to do with the scheme aspect of it. But th- when there was routes where he had to do a double move and he ended up coming open, uh, the quarterback was under pressure. You know, how, how do you think that the offensive line did in this game? Uh, for for the Pittsburgh Steelers? Um, I think they did a little better than the week prior. Um, you can't run on New England. Right. New England, I think, is third in the league, maybe second now in the run defense. And they just – they bottled that running game up for the Steelers. It was really predictable. A lot of outside pitch runs, and, and, and they were waiting on Harris and Warren. And – both guys give really good efforts to pick up some positive yardage. Uh, they did their part, but the, the blocking was not very good. Pass protection, Belichick, they don't really have a dominant pass rusher. So mm-hmm. he sends a lot of stunts and a lot of twists, and he has guys at the line, and then they back off, and he disguises everything really well. So, you know, it could have been worse. Uh, they didn't have a ton of breakdowns. Um, but – you know, it was it was again. That's been their big weakness on offensive line this year is pass blocking, and none of the quarterbacks feel very comfortable. Yeah, no, I, I you can definitely see that during yeah, yeah. during the game on on the film back at it, it. You can tell that the quarterbacks are uncomfortable. They're questioning their decision. Um, it, it's it's not good. the The offensive line, in my opinion, they did. I mean, they didn't have much rushing. You know, but that was expected, you know, especially coming from the New England defense, as you mentioned. Uh, I I was hoping for, you know, a little bit more out of this team. It felt like they were, you know, moving the ball every now and then. There was a little spurts here and there, and then they would get into a situation like, um, for instance, after the interception where they're, you know, in the red zone. It's fourth down. They go for it. Kind of a weird play. And instead of getting points on the board, when you have a team that is – is challenged when they're, you know, as far as getting points on the board. Um, 
what did you think about the coaching in this game offensively? And we're going to talk about the defense in a little bit. I know there's a lot of comments there about the defense, but what do you, what do you think about the coaching offensively? I think it's a little bit more of the same. Um, I don't want to, I give a lot of credit to uh, Sullivan and Faulkner after the Bengals game uh, because they went and called a lot of the plays that they had not been utilizing, yeah. you know, especially middle of the field play action and such. Um, it hasn't really been there the last couple of games. It was starting to develop right before Pickens got hurt. I mm-hmm. mean, Pickett got hurt uh, against the Cardinals. And then that all kind of, you know, it's sporadic. I mean, Trubisky had a couple of balls in the middle mm-hmm. of the field. Um, but that's really their strength right now uh, with their tight end situation and the way teams are playing their the only two quality wideouts they have. The middle of the field should be worked much more. And, um, and then in the Buffalo game against the Chiefs, I don't know if you see, but they had uh, White come out of the backfield and they cleared the zone middle of the field with uh, the tight end and White ran right up the seam and Allen hit him for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, it's not that hard, guys. It's, it's it's you know, you clear it and then you replace, you know, that guy once you clear that part of the field. And that's there for the Steelers. I mean, Harris or Warren, either one. But the Steelers just don't do it. There's, I mean, this weekend, it's all we had to do was watch other teams. And you yeah. just see things that you're like, wow. I mean, I haven't seen that all year. Um, and so I think that the, the, the play calling is partly scheme because they're still using the, you know, they have no choice, but to use Canada's playbook. Um, but you know, like the article we had on our site today is there is some talent deficiencies across the Steelers offense. And, you know, the coaches can only do so much if the talent isn't there. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with you. You know, when it comes to the coaching more specifically, uh, what about the deep passes that were chosen on third and short and fourth and short at the end of the game? You know, Mike Tomlin, he came out after the game and, and even in this presser saying that, you know, they were, you know, they're aggressive that, you know, they threw a deep pass to George Pickens in one game where he caught it. And, you know, everybody loved that decision, but when it doesn't work, it's all, you know, uh, result oriented basically is what the, uh, you know, how everybody perceives the play call. You know, I, I don't, I don't know about that. You know, all you got to do is get in position and kick a field goal to get into at least tie the game. You know, it's not like um, you have time left. I mean, that's the game on the line right there. You know, I think maybe you try that on third down and it doesn't work. You go to something a little bit more um, traditional on fourth down. But what, what are your thoughts on those two play calls? Yeah, I, I, when it was third and two, I I looked at my wife and I'm like, you know, against this defense, the best thing they could do is run it twice. Uh, if it's I don't care if it's quarterback sneak twice, uh, but pick up this first down. And then, you know, you have a new set of downs uh, to be attacked downfield. Um, Like on the fourth down throw to Johnson, he really wasn't open. It was good coverage, and it was a little bit of a desperation heave. And I remember Ben doing that in this same offense at his last, you know. Everything's covered, 
because they don't do a good job of scheming guys into openings. They don't, if when they try to give them freedom to freelance, they're not on the same page with the quarterback at all. If it's a multiple option route mm-hmm. and, and on these really critical fourth downs, they don't have that option. So they're covered right off the line. And every time the quarterback looks like, okay, there's one-on-one on the outside. I'm going to try to hit a big play. Ben tried it. Pickett's tried it. Now Trubisky's tried it. it and, and the chances of it being successful are slim. Hmm. So I would have rather on third down seen them try to run the ball. They got Harris. They got Warren. Uh, they run block better than they pass block. I'd like to see them try to pick up the first down and then be more aggressive. So, no, I was not a fan of either of those last two pass plays. Yeah, neither was neither was I. You know, I know that there's a question there if if that was the intended throw. Mike Tomlin says it was. Um, you know, he may be covering up for his quarterback. I think as, he is, yeah. Yeah, because he hasn't criticized whether it's Kenny Pickett or Mr. Trubisky, the quarterback, at all. Mm-hmm. And so um, because on the, on the under route, there was one where Deontay Johnson was wide open. And then even on the other side, it's a little bit more challenging of a throw um, per se on the fourth down. But Allen Robinson did kind of come open over the middle, but you got to hit him quickly. Uh, and and you and you have to kind of throw it towards the back of his shoulder and not lead him into, um, you know, the defensive back that was coming across. But, you know, there was some plays to be made there. And it just uh, – I don't know. I just – I was very disappointed, you know, with the, the quarterback play, with the offense – you know, the whole nine yards, when I mean, you're going up against a two and 10 team, I get it. They had a couple of games here in the past couple of days or a couple of weeks, I'm sorry, uh, where they held some pretty bad, you know, NFL offenses uh, to to little points. But, you know, they gave up a lot to a couple of other teams. Yeah, I think Miami was one of them that put up a lot. So, you know, at the end of the day, I, I just felt that they, it was below below the bar. Now, Coach T comes out and says that he has no anticipation of playing um, Mason Rudolph, but he did also say that the only reason was because he hadn't had any time uh, with the ones or any time because he's a third-string quarterback. Now this week he's going to get some of that time. I think you're right. I think there's going to be a short leash on on Mitch Trubisky. We might see a Mason Rudolph a, a sighting, so to speak. Um, now, do, do you think that the offense would be better? Well, we talked a little last week. Um, like that throw on the fourth of two to Deontay Johnson. Rudolph throws a much better deep ball than Trubisky. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wrote that I wanted to see Rudolph get a chance because the strengths of this offense right now, besides the running game, uh, is the deep ball to Pickens when he can get one-on-one coverage. And you need to give him a, a ball that even if it's contested, he has a shot to catch it. A lot of Mitch's balls and even Kenny's balls a lot of times, you have no shot at catching it. Mm-hmm. Whereas Rudolph will drop it in. He, he puts it down in the bucket, so to speak. Uh, Rudolph is better at play action. And he can work the middle better, in my opinion, without throwing clusters of interceptions like Trubisky. When you throw across the middle, it's got to be on time. It cannot be late. And it can't be high. And Trubisky is a little bit, does a little bit of both of those. So that's why I wanted to see Rudolph get a chance. Uh, because if teams, they give Pickens a few opportunities, one-on-one on the outside. And if it's one-on-one, you have to give him an opportunity to catch it. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I understand that. You know, when you have, but for me, I think that if you have Pickens on the outside and one-on-one and the entire game, you haven't seen much separation from Deontay Johnson. He, he hasn't been getting that and he wasn't running away from anybody uh, on his go routes. If you're, you, so you know that that's going to have to be a contested throw. Why not throw to the receiver that can make a contested catch? Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, it has to be Pickens. Don't throw that ball up to DJ. Yeah, exactly. So I, I just I don't like the decision. I don't like uh, any part of that play. Um, I, I I thought it was horrible, horrible. Um, <clears throat> but yeah. So but speaking about George, uh, Coach T had to talk to him on the sideline again. Uh, you think this guy? Do you think that that he he lasts the full season before he's maybe he's even benched? I don't think they're going to bench him because they don't have nobody else. Mm-hmm. I mean, Robertson is no longer uh, – he's maybe a four. They're using him as a three, but he just doesn't get any separation. Honestly, as you was talking earlier, Johnson hasn't been getting good separation since he came back. And Pickens has never been able to separate. Pickens is a contested catch guy. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, he's basically a more talented version of James Washington. And that he's not going to get separation, but he will go get the ball. And but the Steelers don't have anybody else. I mean, Boykins was in for eight snaps, seven runs, and they didn't throw to him on the other. I'm just saying that when you see Boykins in the game, it's a running play. Mm-hmm. And Calvin Offset is more right now. They're using him as a gadget guy, not you know as a um, an actual legit wide receiver very often. So, uh, but Tomlin had to talk to Pickens twice. And he said that the main problem he has with Pickens and his passion and his temperament on the sidelines is that he, it isn't solution based. It's, it's, it's not rational. You know, uh, to me, I call it pounding and whining till you get what you want. Um, therefore I would like to see, cause I have no other option right now, try to get the ball to him early and often because it keeps him mentally focused and in the game. If he doesn't get anything for a while, any action, he, he, you know, he's over in the end zone pouting and throwing his hands up and, and doing all this stuff because he loses focus. And then when you do throw him the ball, he's not prepared. Like it was, I think it was Cardinals, he stopped on a route where he was going to get the ball. and But because he thought he wasn't. Uh, we've seen how he doesn't, you know, he either crushes the guy when he blocks him or he's just like, you can tell, he sells it. He don't try to sell a pass play if it's a running play. He just comes off line, you know, patty cake. You know, uh, that, that he wasn't like that last year. But we're seeing bad habits this year. So, can they corral him? Can they get him under control and get him focused and help him mature? Because if not, they need to move him. Yeah. You know, I, I think also some of that might also be because, you know, I think he's losing confidence in the team. You know, last year he was um, confident. He, you know, he, he was making some crazy catches when the ball was going to him. I think he understood that he wasn't getting the throws, you know, all the throws to him because of his, you know, being a rookie, but there was no, 
no excuse now. And he's not getting the uh, the targets and 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 like you said, he's just kind of it's almost like his heart is out of it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so it, it's a little bit concerning, but I think that he's also a guy that when the Steelers, you know, have started to kind of get in the right direction, I guess, you know, when you look at the Cincinnati game, you know, he was out there excited and stuff like that. So um, I'm not saying that they get rid of him necessarily, but I think that if he continues and if the Steelers end up, you know, losing a game or, or the next couple of games and they're out of playoff, you know, potential i can see that being a possibility of him putting put on the bench if he's uh, going to continue the the antics on the field you know what i mean but um go ahead no i was just gonna say uh i talked about it a little on the q a last night um you know the truth is when you were talking about pickens he's immensely talented if you can you know help him mature as an, a professional athlete um but maybe Pittsburgh's not the right spot. It's it's definitely not the right offense right now. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's somewhere that that Khan could look at, like a Puka and Nachua. Yeah, I think you know from the Rams. I mean that young man's a rookie. He's a much lower draft pick than Pickens. Uh, they've already got Cooper Cup. They don't have anybody explosive like Pickens. They might be interested, and you know you could try to work a trade and get a player that might be a better fit for each offense. There, There is options to be had. Uh, and I, I just – the way things are set up right now, I just don't know if Pittsburgh is the right place for Pickens. Do you think that both Deontay and Pickett, Pickens are on the team uh, start of the uh, season 2024? You think one of them is, is dealt off this offseason? I fully expect Dante Johnson to be traded. Uh, rumors, people, contacts that know the locker room. Uh, there's been a lot of issues uh, with coaches and fellow teammates. And, um, you know, the things I've said about him for years has come to a head. You know, he has limitations. Uh, and he needs an offense that throws a lot and that can get him. Like, I can see him with the Chiefs tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I mean, Mahomes would utilize him. Uh, they have the scheme. Uh, it would help uh, take a lot off of Kelsey. Because, see, they need these kind of guys. The Chiefs do right now. Their receiver corpses is not very good. I don't, and, I don't, know, if, I don't know if Mahomes wants another receiver with questionable hands. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, they, they've already got that problem. But, <laughs> but this year, Johnson's main thing, as I've said before, is he struggles to catch balls above his sight line. If it's coming right at him, but it's over his helmet, you know, they go through his hands. He really struggles with that. And a lot of his drops have been in those situations. Um, uh, Maybe with a quarterback like Mahomes, a more accurate quarterback, the balls that his Mahomes' receivers have been dropping, most of them have been great throws. And and those guys are just dropping them. So – I, I would like to see uh, uh, him with a team like the Chiefs, and it can benefit everybody involved. Yeah. Yeah. There's going to be some questions to be made or some decisions to be made then, obviously, but we still got a few games to go. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to talk about the defensive side. I want to get your thoughts on TJ Watt and the, and the conspiracy that's going on there. 
Uh, don't go anywhere on the YouTube side. We'll, we're not going anywhere on audio only. We'll be right back. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And welcome back to The Hangover. I'm Daniel. Alongside with me is Shannon. Uh, we're talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers and, you know, are they in a win or a no win situation? And we're going to talk about the defense and how they performed in this last game against the New England Patriots. But before we do that, uh, Shannon, you you briefly touched on a couple of articles or an article that you had written. Uh, let us know exactly what it is that you, you've got going on right now and when we can expect it to be out. Well, working on the Steelers stock report, um, which is always out on Tuesdays at 11. And um, so I'm about halfway through that. And it, it's been a tough one. Uh, I, I touch uh, a good bit on this George Pickett situation. Um, trying to uh, be honest and fair to all parties involved because everybody's frustrated. There's nobody on that offense, uh, probably on the defense either, because they're not getting supported. Uh there's nobody who's not frustrated with what's going on. And, and it's more than one person's fault. So um, trying to, to really, because there's more negative to focus on than there is positive, I'm mainly focusing on the 
uh, stock ups and guys that regardless have, you know, something the Steelers can build on going into next season. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm not ready to give up on this year, but the way things are setting, if they make the playoffs or not, um, I just don't see where they're going to benefit from it like they normally would because there's going to be such turnover. I think the Steelers have like 18 guys that were one-year rentals, mm-hmm. and there's only like three of them that's probably going to come back. Um, mm-hmm. So it's going to be a massive turnover after this season. And and then there are, there's always some surprises. So um, normally I don't think – normally I think you make the playoffs, you get that experience and that camaraderie, and, and it excites you for the next year, even if you know you're going to lose. But <laughs> – but this year, I just don't think they're going to get that benefit. So um, the rest of your guys are just playing for their positions. So that's mainly what uh, the article's focusing on. And then, uh, of course, Wednesday we'll have our uh, Pump Your Breaks podcast with uh, uh, Tate and Big G and, and uh, at 830, so don't miss that. You know, you, you make a, a valid point on, you know, the overhaul that's going to be going on, or maybe not so much overhaul, but a lot of the, the pieces that are going on. But there's a lot of changes going on with the coaching staff this offseason as well. Big time. Gone, gone is Matt Canada already, so an offensive coordinator is going to have to come in here. Let's just really hope they're not moving somebody within, you know, to go up. Let's bring somebody else in. And then there's rumors there of Tara Lawson, you know, going to Syracuse or to another college team. Um, so another defensive coordinator might be needed. You know, if, if you're going to stick with Tomlin, I think you have to extend him. Don't you think just because he's going to have to build a whole new coaching staff and a, uh, you know, and, and start all over, you know, really still kind of, well, I guess some folks, you know, the, the decisions out or the jury's out on and Kenny Pickett still. So, um, but you know, I know some folks want to see him with a different offensive coordinator, so let's just say that's the case. Um, don't you think you'd have to extend Tomlin? Because next year is his last year. And if you're bringing in somebody else, uh, they're probably going to want to bring their whole st- their own staff as well. So you know, I don't think it's a smart decision to do, you know, one overall one year and then again the next year. What are your thoughts on that? The stewards are not in a good situation. Uh, this year was about – you know, development, it was about learning what you had in your players, especially Kenny Pickett. Nothing's really been accomplished. Nothing, No, no answers. Uh, Tomlin did not do an extension. I think he wanted to see also what was going to happen this year. Uh, and now, you know, it's obvious that there needs to be massive changes to the coaching staff. Does Tomlin, will he sign up for that? Does he want to do that? That's going to be the question. They're not trading Mike Tomlin. They're not firing Mike Tomlin. Mike Tomlin has earned that respect that if he wants to sign up for this and, you know, and a whole new coaching staff pretty much and a new offensive coordinator, probably a new quarterback because the new offensive coordinator is going to want to, you know, you're starting over either way. I mean, if you go with Pickett or you you go with a rookie or you you bring in a, you know, they're still going to have to learn this new offense. So there's the the picket situation is really not that important. Uh, the coaching is the offensive coordinator is 
I don't know if Tomlin will sign back to an extension. He might just at this point in his career with what he's accomplished, he might want to take some a break, step away. Uh, I think he loves it. I think he loves the, the especially the draft process and the, you know, the valuations and going to campuses. And I think he loves that more than he does even the coaching part. And he might step away for a little while. Uh, and then I'm sure he'd probably come back uh, some, you know, uh, when he gets the right opportunity. Um, which I always thought Cower would, but Cower, he went into TV. I don't know if Tomlin will like that. Um, you know, he's got the, you know, he's got the, the speaking ability. You know, he, he's really good at coach speak. Uh, I don't know if he'd want to be critical of other coaches, uh, which you'd have to be if you go into the media. But right. uh, long story short, I think that the Rooney's and ownership are going to have to sit down and have a real heart-to-heart, frank discussion with Tomlin after the season to see if he's interested in coming back, even with all these changes that are on the horizon. Right. It, you know, if he's a guy that wants to take it year by year and, you know, kind of like what Kevin Colbert did in the end of his career. And, you know, the Steelers are going into a new direction with an offensive coordinator. Do you think that decision is going to lie with Coach Tomlin being that he's probably going to be gone in the next year? Or is that decision going to lie with Art Rooney is and kind of just like, hey, this guy's probably going to take your place when you decide to go? Yeah, I think that if uh, – let's say that they decide that Tomlin's going to play out his contract, right. which he has next year on the contract. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that Tomlin will be the main voice in the room with who they decide is offensive coordinator. I think it'll be Khan and Weidel. Uh, and I can't remember who's over the scouting department. And of course, ownership, mainly art. Hmm. Um, if Tomlin says, I'm going to be, I'm going to, you know, do a three-year extension, let's say, uh, then I believe he will have a, a bigger voice in the room. But because, you know, in, in all truthfulness, as you say, whoever is the offensive coordinator, if he is a up-and-comer uh, or somebody in high demand, the only way the stores are going to get him is to say, when Tomlin steps away, you know, as you say, you will be the head coach. Yeah. And and so uh, I can see that scenario playing out. Yeah, I, I do too. I think that's possibly what could happen. And I was – you know, and, and Afton brings it up. She says that it seems like Tomlin at a certain point uh, maybe is already, you know, kind of done. And I, I've seen it, too. You know, some of the media guys have said it, too, that he, you know, after one of the, the losses, I, w- I want to say it was the Arizona game, that, that he didn't um, seem like he was that upset. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, you know, after the after the other game, you know, this is what we are. This is who we do or whatever, you know, he said, you know, that seemed more like a Tomlin after a loss. But the first one is just kind of seemed like hey, whatever. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I was kind of getting that sense, too, where maybe perhaps he knows that uh, you know, the end is coming soon. Yeah, I mean, I think that when you're talking about a superstar player or a Hall of Fame coach, you eventually get to the point that it's like watching the Steelers this year. It's not fun. Mm-hmm. It really hasn't been fun to watch them in a few years. And and I can imagine what it's like trying to coach them. And I think that, you know, winning and seeing your 
your uh, your guys are getting better and growing, and that's exciting. And that's what motivates a guy like Tomlin. He wants to produce good men, not just good players. Mm-hmm. Well, when you have the guys with the attitudes that he's been getting, and I believe that a lot of it, the reason they got him was because they fell in the draft because of some attitude problems. Um, that has to be frustrating and demoralizing for a guy who cares about the players as much as a person as he does as what they give him on the field. So I just think that, that Tom and Ryan Clark, he's talked about it in multiple uh, episodes on TV or on podcasts. He says, you know, he knew Tomlin in the beginning. And he says, Tomlin's not the same Tomlin. And he's he's kind of defeated. You see it on mm-hmm. his face. And I, the other night, he, he, he you know, uh, WTF. He, you know, he, he looked at one of the other guys. He's like, WTF, what was that? You know, yeah. I mean, uh, I think that there's a little bit of a disconnect right now. Uh, and we're seeing it and you know that he's experiencing it. So, um, yeah, I agree with Ryan Clark. I think that this, this season is going to make him re-examine everything. Yeah, no, I agree as well. we still got four games. The next challenge is going to be the Indianapolis Colts. But before we go on to that, uh, TJ Watt concussion protocol was seen with a visor, uh, in the second half of the, uh, of the game. Coach Tomlin was asked about that. He said that he wasn't aware that the visor got darker, uh, I, I think he thought that 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 Watt went into the game with a visor. At least that's what he's alluding to. Um, not bad, pers- you know, optically. I think after the game as well, he was supposed to go talk to the media. He didn't. He's been rumored that he had migraines, and that's the reason why he didn't talk to the media. Uh, do you think this is going to come down on the Steelers for any reason? Well, I mean, he was he went in the blue tent. He was examined by the neurologist. Um, but as you say, then he's the, you don't, why do you go to a dark visor in a night game? Yeah. I mean, I was like, what, what's going on? And I thought that's very strange. And then Jeff Hartman said in the post game podcast that that could be because sensitivity to light and he could be concussed. Uh, but I, the way the NFL set up now, they are very strict that if he didn't pass that, uh, the first initial test on the sidelines, he has to come out because you say you can be severely fine. A lot of, you know, lose draft picks. Just, it can be very, very serious. Yeah. Um, so, cause you seen Alex Hasmith, he come out after have, getting his bell rung and his neck rung too, I think. Uh, and he was done that, you know, they, he was immediately out. Um, did what maybe talk to the equipment guy and said, Hey, put this on. And he might have not told everything. Yeah. Uh, but I don't believe that any of the Steelers uh, personnel would have allowed him to go back out there if they thought he was concussed just because of the the magnitude of the punishment and the suspension and everything else. So um, I, I don't believe Tom was aware of it at all. I really don't. Yeah, I, I don't think so either. You know, Tomlin has made some decisions for his players. Ryan Clark is one of them when, you know, the Steelers yep. wanted, were going to go play in Denver, didn't allow him to play. 
uh, things like that. So I don't see Tomlin being that kind of guy where he's like, he's going to choose a football game over the health of one of his players. So I, I don't think that that was the issue. Uh, I think that there needs to be some sort of investigation done on the, uh, on the NFL side, not on the Steelers side, on the NFL side, those guys that cleared him, why did they clear him? And if he was, you know, having some other symptoms and had on a visor, why wasn't he re-evaluated? Hmm. You know what I mean? I think those are the things that need to be probably, you know, questioned, but I don't think that it was a Pittsburgh Steelers issue. Um, I heard during the game, and I don't know, this is just in the broadcast, that he was, they looked at him twice. Yeah. Um, because as you said, you know, he got the knee to the face mask and the chin, and yeah. then he went to tackle Elliot again, and as his back, his foot came up, it caught him underneath the chin. So and he got digged twice in a short period of time. And one of our uh, uh, audience, our community members, mentioned the smelling salts. Yeah. And, you know, and sometimes smelling salts, you just, it looked like they was trying to clear his head. And that's not a good look yeah. from a guy who just put on a dark visor that, you know, and he was, you know, and, and, uh, so I know the optics does not look good. Yeah, no, it doesn't. I mean, he had a like a blank stare to him, too, while he was sniffing the smelling salt. Yes, he did. Yeah. You know, it just it, it looked really, really bad. Uh, the game is a day early, but the Steelers played on Thursday. You think he's going to play this weekend? I mean, my thing is, what for? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I really, I cannot see this team keeping up with the There's six, seven, and six teams. And yeah. they're a hot, they're all going in a better direction than the Steelers are right now. And I'm, you know, what is so valuable. Uh, and I never want to put a, a one game over a guy's long-term health. And uh, concussions, that quick and coming back and he took a real blow. I mean, it wasn't just, you know, uh, uh, one of them, you like, when did it happen? We know when it happened. You've seen it. Yeah. And, and so that concerns me. Um, I think to me, the high Smith wasn't as obvious. I think if high Smith can play, you got Herbie, I might, and golden, I might mm-hmm. sit what just to be on the safe side. Um, because this season is slipping away quickly and I, and it ain't worth risking his long-term future. Yeah, I agree with you. If it's something that he's not completely, um, I mean, he'd have to be completely cleared to come out, but if that's, if he's not cleared until like the day of, or the day before, it's like a close thing. I would probably sit him out as well. Uh, just because of the long-term aspect of it. And, um, and he's, he's, uh, it's going to hinder the game, but you know his health is more important in my opinion. Yep. Uh, but speaking about the defense, defense against the New England Patriots, you know, first half it looked like Brady and Gronk out there. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it did. It was, it was horrible. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott and Juju Juice and Juju Smith Schuster looked like they were playing in 2018. Yeah. Um, w- what do you think about this defense? I mean, Watt was in there. He's probably concussed throughout that entire time, so he probably wasn't playing like himself. Um, you know, they, they kind of put a you know lid on in the second half. Are you concerned that the first half is going to show up again in the next couple of games where they're going to give up a lot of points real early and then have to tighten it up at the end? Well, it showed up now 
for multiple games. Yeah. Uh, since all the middle linebackers were injured, and um, we was hoping that getting Fitzpatrick back would, you know, help, you know, cover for the loss of Holcomb and Alexander. Mm-hmm. And Landon Roberts wasn't even maybe 70%. Yeah. Um, teams, uh, the Cardinals did it, and now the Patriots did it. They destroyed the Steelers in the middle of the field uh, mm-hmm. with the tight end. And, but we got to remember how, as you said earlier, what's Belichick done to the Steelers for years? He would destroy the 3 4 defense with the tight end in the middle of the field. He used to victimize Vince Williams, like, you know, like religiously. And what else does he do? He throws the ball to the running back out of the backfield because that's always open against the 3 4 defense. It's a major weakness. Mm-hmm. And the one playoff game that they won that was actually competitive, uh, I think it was uh, maybe Falk, Kevin Falk, had 11 catches out of the backfield. Yeah. Uh, there's been other games where just random, no name running backs have eight, seven, eight catches. Ezekiel had seven catches and they yeah. all moved to change. Uh, Belichick simplified everything, and he knows how to dominate that 3-4 defense. Even without a great quarterback, he knows how. And Bailey Zappi was good enough to execute that plan. And that's what I was worried about going into the game. And and you asked, do I think it's going to continue? I think, yeah. I think teams are going to copy that and try to really exploit this, the Steelers' uh, coverage, uh, tight end coverage especially. Yeah, I, I I would think so. I mean, the middle linebacker group is like you mentioned; it's been pretty bad for the last couple of weeks. Uh, Miles Jack didn't find his way on the field last week. You think he makes his uh, debut uh, this week against the Colts? Well, they got Martinez out there. Uh, mm-hmm. He gave him a few snaps. I mean, he didn't he didn't do anything that stood out, but that was his first action. And see, so he hasn't played this year either, like Jacks hasn't. So. Mm-hmm. But he was at least getting practice, and so he was in kind of football shape. So that's why he got out there. They say that Jacks is still that Miles Jack is still a week away. That's what they said last week yeah. from being in condition where he could give him some reps. So um, the they the young man that they uh, brought up from the practice squad, and his name is escaping me at the moment. But he was active, but he did not get in the game. Uh, he is a very athletic, smaller middle linebacker mm-hmm. and uh, better in coverage. So, And he's also a really good special teams guy. So it wouldn't shock me to see him, uh, you know, get, be active this week and Jacks be out one more week. You know, and kind of looking forward to the, uh, the Colts game, uh, biggest question is going to be, is Jonathan Taylor going to play? You know, if yeah. not, Moss behind him has done quite a bit. He's 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 filled in quite well for. He's him. very good. Yes, yeah. I think that that's going to be the biggest, you know, toughest battle there for the Pittsburgh Steelers going into this game defensively. Uh, Minshew, he's he's done all right, but he's not somebody that scares me. Uh, but he does have he's he's kind of what is that sneaky athletic where he's kind of athletic. Nobody really knows about it. But, but did Zappy scare you? N- no. No, he didn't but nobody did. <laughs> hey, that's what I'm saying, Daniel. I wrote it in the article. The Steelers, by doing this soft zone and tackling the catch, you make guys look better than they are. 
because they're throwing the wide open guys, and then the Steelers are going to come up and tackle. Mm-hmm. Now, we see the missed tackles against the Patriots, and once that guy gets the rhythm and he gets confident, then he starts going down the field more. And, it, you know, that third pass he made to Hunter Henry for the touchdown, he threw a perfect ball because he just couldn't get there. Yeah. But he built his confidence with all the earlier shorter throws. And then, of course, as you said, he hit Juju with that deep ball, I think 39 yards. Yeah. I mean, Juju was covered. But he just caught the ball right through Kazee and Fitzpatrick. Yep. Uh, but but you can't let a quarterback get in rhythm. And the mm-hmm. Steelers, because they do not have press cover capable corners other than JPJ, they have to do that soft zone. And it's it's biting them in the rear is what it's happening. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, real quick before we call it a show, if the Pittsburgh Steelers win – in, in against the Colts, what is your one reason why? If the Steelers win, yeah, um, I would have to, you know, to me, they have to establish the run and have big games out of Harris and Warren. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, because Warren can give them big plays. Both guys have are up in the near the top of the league and runs of over fifteen yards. So if they get established that, it it opens up everything in the passing game. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, the defense, if they can play with a lead and they can, you know, you know, make the quarterback take more chances, then I think that bodes well for the Steelers. But we don't know who's going to be playing. Is Watt and Highsmith out? Yeah. Uh, it, you know, it, it's just uh, it's hard to pick the Steelers right now. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't think when it comes down to picking teams um on who's gonna win this game, uh, you know, my my pick don't come out until till Friday on the uh, State of the Steelers uh only episode. So if you want to hear our picks, you're gonna have to tune in on Thursday and Friday on the audio side only. I, well, yours is on pump your brakes on Wednesday night. Yeah, Wednesday, yeah, yeah. But you if I listen to it, it'll be on Thursday, but yeah, on the audio <laughs> side will be Thursday. So you gotta tune in for our our picks then but you know just a little quick preview i doubt i'm gonna pick the steelers to win this game but last time i i think i I chose the steelers to lose uh they ended up winning i think it was against the ravens so you never know you never know it could be a good thing um but yeah for me i think that uh, i mimic what you say there the running game has to get going the pittsburgh steelers are gonna have to run the ball and um get a lot of you know eat up the time shorten up this game and 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 just really control control the ball that way on the ground. If they can do that, I think that the Steelers have a pretty good opportunity to win this game. It also limits the uh, opportunities for for Trubisky to throw an interception. So, well, and we know Minskew could get a little bit loose with the ball. Yeah, if you can put him in pressure. So, uh, if both teams are seven and six, and and they're fighting for their playoff lives, so. It yeah. should at least have uh, some good intensity. I think that the Steelers at home against two, two and ten teams, you know, I blame that a lot on coaching, but it's on the players too. They come out flat, and they're not good enough to do that against anybody, obviously. But right. this week, they should not be in no danger of coming out flat. Exactly. There's no excuses. Um, 
you know, I think that we'll see. We'll see how it goes, though. You know, the Steelers need to turn the ship. If they win, you know, they're right back in the middle of everything. I mean, right now they currently are. But, you know, this game is, is huge for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yep. One loss and, you know, it's a, it's a loss to an AFC team. Um, you're getting further back. You're losing uh, tiebreakers here and there. So, yeah, this is this is playoff atmosphere. If the Pittsburgh Steelers can't get up for this game, then I, I don't I don't know if they're going to get up for any more. But um, uh, I want to thank everybody. I appreciate everyone that's going to do it for us. Do you have any final words there, Shannon? Before we let everybody go? No, again, just thanks thanks everybody for tuning in and uh, tell your friends. And uh, you know we're we're here every week and and we appreciate all the support and, uh, and we're all hoping. I can't help it. I, I want them to win every game, so I'm, I'm yeah. hoping they can win Saturday. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm the same way. You know, as much as you know, I think that you know, is it is it better overall if if the Steelers aren't going to make the playoffs for them to lose for better draft position? Maybe, but it just don't feel right. It don't feel right. Yeah, don't feel I can't right. Do it. I can't do it. <laughs> exactly. Well, I appreciate everybody. Y'all have a great night. Uh, we'll see you guys tomorrow on the uh, Big Brosco Show. That being said, Shannon, take us out. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.